Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Can we start out with a game? It's, it's not like a game game. It's like a really low-pressure casual game. So this is what's going to happen. This is a game called Name That Badly Translated Lyric. Super catchy, I know. Um, I have some songs, and these songs, the lyrics have been put through Google Translate to a different language, and then back into English. So that's what's going to happen. And um, like I said, no pressure, no prize. But if you know what it is, I want you to put up your hand. I'll call on you, and you can tell me what you believe the song is. So let's start out with this one. This is from, oh man, this is tough for me to see. I heard that. Let's cut that out. I can't hear anything. Listen, I'm going to have to come out here because I can't Uh Uh-oh, prep the mic. This is from English to Italian to English. Hi, on the other hand, I should have tried 1,000 times. I'm telling you I'm sorry in everything I've done, but when I call you, I never do it. Looks like like he's home. Anybody know? (laughs) Looks like he's home. Yes, sir. Hello. Correct. Look at those lyrics. A thousand times. Really great job. Really great job. This one has been uh, sent from English to Persian back to English. Uh, So I raise my hands. They play my song and the butterflies fly. He loves my head. Yes. My butt loves me. Yes. (laughs) I raised my hands. They're playing my song. You know, I'm fine. (laughs) It might be a worship song, actually. Uh, Yes, ma'am. It is a party in the USA. Correct. Correct. Some of them, they're going to get really difficult, some of them. All right, this one went from English to Welsh to Samoan back to English. Guys, this is so difficult. When the worst words ever knocks me down, I will send the floods. They will fly out. I am brave. I am crushing it. Yes, ma'am. This is me. Correct. I found this one very difficult, but I might have been wrong. All right. No, it was difficult. Don't let me, don't let me take that away from you. From English to Armenian to French, back to English. Someone told me that the world would turn around. I'm not the sharpest equipment in the vacuum. He was looking for a dumb finger <laughs> with, his, with his thumb and thumb. <laughs> not Shrek song. Yes, sir. No, it is. It is. It is. But it has a name. It's called All Star. <laughs> it was a song before Shrek. That's all I'm getting at. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have taken that away from you. You're right. The Shrek song. This one went from English to Greek to Serbian back to English. No one can tell me you can't tell me anything. No one can tell me you can't tell me anything. Yes, I'll take my animal the old way. I'm going to the car until, can't, until I can't anymore. I'll take my animal to the old way. I'm going to the car until I can't anymore. You know? Yes, it is. Well done. That was a really difficult, difficult one as well. I love that. That when we went through them, the animal turned into horse, and then well, how did it, horse just becomes animal, apparently, somewhere along the line. So uh, this one goes from English to Latin to Swahili to English. I don't know if there is as different of languages than Latin and Swahili, but that is the journey this song went on. Shortly after, the little girl's town, living alone in the world. That night, soldiers train going anywhere. Oh, oh, anybody know yet already? All right, all right. Yes, ma'am. Oh, grew up in Detroit, Detroit. <laughs> Under cover of the night and take the companions at any time. Yes, sir. Oh, it's, it's on the credit, right? Or don't stop believing. 
Oh gosh, I hit the button. I really had confidence in you. Did you like know it, but you said the wrong words? I did. Okay, great, great, great. <laughs> Look at that. For me, it was living. I wonder if they would have put living if something would have happened to that word, but that word really gave it away for me. All right, this one goes from English to Punjabi to Yiddish to English. Yeah, this one's a really, another really diametrically opposed languages. Invite, you're a boy, make a loud sound. There's sometimes a big guy playing on the street. Your face is mud, a great shame. Hitting the jar everywhere, sing, we will vaccinate you, we will vaccinate you. <laughs> yes, sir. We will rock you. This was maybe the hardest one. <laughs> so difficult. We will vaccinate you. From English to Finnish to Estonian, back to English. Boy is not missing. I said, boy, get up. I say, boy, why are you in a new city? No need to be unhappy. Boy, you can go anywhere. I said, friend, if you have any dust, you can stay there, and I'm sure you will find it. Many ways to have fun. Oh, I know it. I know it. I think. Mm, Joy, do you know? Yes, it is. Young man. <laughs> this, that was a difficult one, too. I, there's a really hard, the last one I think is also very difficult. We'll get there. Okay. From English to Japanese to German to Somali to Italian to Norwegian, back to English. <laughs> what a journey. Let him be at peace. Let him go. Yeah, that's an easy one. I was disappointed in that one. That is let it go. I thought that that one, I, I almost put that one first because I thought it was so easy, but then it went through 10 different languages and I was like, it should have been more difficult. That's right. Okay. From English is this the last one? Can you check for me? From English to Mongolian to Hindi to Spanish to Sudanese to Gaelic to Russian to English. Last one? All right. Get ready. I go pumping. I and the crowd are going. Buy beans and cookies. I don't care if he doesn't come back. I will dig, dig, and dig for ground equipment. It would be a shame if he had not come. He was attacked with a strike and two-thirds in the old bomb game. Yes, that's right. Yes, take me out to the ball game. Holy, give it up for everybody. Well done. Very impressive. Holy. And this has been named that badly translated lyric. I think it's a pretty crazy thing that like, for instance, take me out to the ball game. Um, we just all know those words to that song. Oh, like most of them. Ha happy birthday. You know, it's really short and easy, but like, um, last week, one of the questions was, what's a song you know all the words to? And I almost worded it. If someone were to give you a million dollars, if you could recite every word of a song, what word would you pick? And then I was like, no, because if I were there, I would say happy birthday because it's a very easy song. But there are these words, party in the USA, like we may not know all the words, but we have an idea. We all have an idea of how that song goes. And I just think it's a really interesting like social phenomenon that we all have these songs that we sing together or at least know and tolerate. Some of them are worse than others. We've been in this series called Behind the Lyrics. And in our series, we're taking a closer look at lyrics in our worship songs because we spend a lot of time singing these songs. And so it's important that we know what we're singing. We're singing songs about who we believe God is and what he's done for us. So we, it's important we know what we're singing when we get there. So that's why we're looking closely at these lyrics. And worship presents us with an opportunity. It's an opportunity, a big opportunity that we don't want to waste. It's an opportunity to get closer to our creator. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago in James 4, 8, as we come close to God, he comes close to us. And that's the opportunity we have every time we're in a music worship service. So we're taking a closer look at the lyrics because your favorite worship song has more to say. 
So tonight we're going to look at some vocabulary. Um, worship songs share a lot of words in vocabulary. We're going to talk about them. And then we're going to look at two songs with some biblical themes, go to small groups to talk about them. And we're going to come back here and worship um, to those two new songs. And one of them is brand new, which is exciting. So I'll tell you that when we get there. But before we do, um, vocabulary, we're going to just... Now, typically in this in the worship songs, these words will come up, and I'll just talk about them as we get there. But it didn't really happen like that this time, and I wanted to make sure we talked about these anyway, so I clumped them up all together. And uh, we've been focusing so much on biblical references, but I didn't want to miss this. First of all, we got oohs and ahs, and we talked about this last week, right? The oohs and ahs, they, they aren't necessarily like, you're not worshiping with your words, but it's, a, it's an opportunity for you to sing with your heart. And that's the oohs and ahs. I think it's important that we know about that. Next, I want to talk about the word Holy. Now, this is a word that comes up in worship. It comes in the Bible. It comes up in conversation when you're in church sometimes. Um, and if you're a church person, you may have heard this word a thousand times, and maybe no one has ever explained it to you. Like, if you're like me, no one has ever explained it to you until I got to Bible college. Then finally, I understood what holy meant. The original understanding of this word, it was, it was described as something that was set apart, Set apart is the idea in the original language for this holy word. Um, it's something like so special, unlike anything else. So in the case of God, we, we just believe God is bigger and better than anything else. There's nothing and no one like him. He is set apart. He is holy. That's the word holy. Then we have the word glory. This one's a little complicated because we say, we say God is glorious, that we give him glory, we glorify him, let your glory fall, like all this stuff, and, and it can get confusing. So I understand glory in two ways. Glory is something he has and it's something we give him. It's something he has and it's something we give him. Glory is something he has because he is holy, because he is set apart. He's greater than anything, bigger than anything. He, is, he just has glory because of that. It's his glory. It's who he is. And, uh, and that is the glory he has. But it's also something we give him. When we acknowledge the glory that he has, we are giving him glory. So when we give him glory, it reminds us of our place in the world. It reminds us that he is the Lord of our lives, that he is in control, and that is the glory that we give him. God has glory, and we give him glory. Two things there. The last word uh, is hallelujah. And this is a word that comes up a lot in worship music and, again, in Christian conversation. This is an English version of a Hebrew word. So, again, the Bible's not originally written in English. We got Hebrew in the Old Testament primarily. New Testament is in Greek primarily. And when we see the word hallelujah, it's, it's a Hebrew word. And um, you might know the English version of the Greek version of this Hebrew word, which is Alleluia. You may see that in places as well. And this word has two parts. The first part just means to praise. It's like a verb. That means Hallel means to praise. And then Yah is a shortened version of God's name, like Yahweh. Um, so to praise Yah. Hallelujah means praise God. We have this Hebrew word that we just, we shove into our English songs. And its meaning is so simple. It just means praise God. And yet we don't always take the time to learn that. We haven't uh, not a lot of people have taken the time to teach that to me. So that's why we're talking about it. It just means praise God. And when you see that word, I don't want you to think there's that churchy word that means generally good. It's, it means praise God. And when you hear that word, when you sing that word, I want you to think praise God. I want you to know what it means. So let's take a look at our first song. It's called, sorry if I'm moving a little quick. We had some, uh, we started late and I just want to make sure we get to everything. Make sure we have time to worship tonight. First song, Won't Stop Now. Very great worship song. We're gonna start with verse one where it says, I give you glory. We just talked about glory, right? This time we're giving him glory. I give you glory for all you've brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. And I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. What I love about this verse is how God-centered it is. It's very 
follow. It's very you before me. Um, thank you for being faithful to me. And because of that, I'm going to follow you. What would you like me to do? And I, and I think that's a really beautiful attitude. There are all kinds of passages and verses that talk about God's authority over us and the just the idea of submitting to God. So here's one from somewhere in the Bible that I don't always go. We're going to the New Testament. We talk a lot about Paul's letters, right? He wrote letters to churches and to folks about how to do things. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, also wrote a couple letters that made it into the New Testament. And we're going to read one of those. He's writing to new Christians all over the place that are being persecuted at the time. And so he said in 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. So humility, being humble is about submitting to God's authority, being under God's authority. And he is worthy of that because he's been faithfulness. He's been faithful to us. We've talked about faithfulness a bunch, right? God is faithful. And it's part of why we submit to what he's done for us. Actually, just yesterday in the Gen Z devotional, it was all about obedience. So you might remember that. Submitting to what God has for us, submitting to his authority is a theme in this song. We can move to the chorus. I just want to cover one idea. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. I want to talk a little bit about God's presence being open to us. So there's a progression of God's presence moving around. So let's follow that line. It starts in the Garden of Eden. So Adam and Eve walking through the Garden of Eden, there's this picture of them walking with God through, through the garden. His presence was wherever they were in, this, in the Garden of Eden. And then they chose sin. They said, you know, I can do this my own way. I'm not going to listen to your rules. And they messed up the relationship between God and man. And because of that, God withdrew his presence. Now, he is still everywhere, but his loving presence, the way that he showed up in the garden before, is gone. He's pulled it back. The relationship was different. And at this point, God is not okay with that being the end of the story. And so he begins to fix this problem, fix the relationship between God and man by reintroducing himself into humanity through a man named, wait, yes, great answer, always a great answer. But before that, uh, we just talked about this last week. That's a little hint. Um, God of, hmm, hmm. So, yeah, Abraham, that's it. Yes. So God says, I'm going to reintroduce myself to humanity through Abraham. So he reveals himself. He speaks to Abraham. And God's presence at this point is reserved for messages and moments. Moments and messages. He's just popping in on people and speaking to people at this time. So, Abraham's family grew into a whole nation, into a people, uh, and that brings us to Moses. So in Moses' time, he leads the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, and then he leads God's people. And a part of his leadership is the Ten Commandments. You might be familiar with that part. Another part is the tabernacle. So God basically gives him the plans, gives him the blueprint for a ginormous tent because they were a wandering people, having to wander through the desert, and so they needed a mobile container for God's presence. The tent, the tabernacle is basically a church, but it's a tent so they can move it around. So the tabernacle is where God's presence was. It was only in the tabernacle. God was reintroducing himself slowly into humanity. So the Israelites are more established and God has Solomon build the temple. And now God's presence resides in the temple, specifically behind this ginormous curtain. And behind that curtain was what they would call the Holy of Holies. And it was just a small part of the temple. And that's really where God's presence was. You were getting closer to God in the temple where like the parts of the temple where everybody could go. But in the Holy of Holies, no one went in there except the priest once a year after a rigorous cleansing ceremony. So it was like a big deal. You, you, you had to make yourself clean before coming into the Holy of Holies. And even that was reserved for the priest like once a year. So God's presence is now on earth in the temple, but it's not very accessible, right? It's not 
an everyday person that can go visit God's presence at this point. So, and then the correct answer is Jesus. Jesus shows up and he changes everything because first of all, he is God's presence walking around. He's healing people and calming storms and raising from the dead. Like he's doing crazy things because he is God's presence on earth. And the second thing is when it came time for him to die, something amazing happened. We read it in Matthew 27. Then Jesus shouted out again and released his spirit. This is the moment he died. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So this curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple, from the rest of the world, was torn from top to bottom when Jesus died. And I think it was very intentional that God did this from top to bottom. He did not send Peter over with a pair of scissors and said, all right, cut this thing open from the bottom to the top. No, it was a symbol of God saying, my presence is not reserved anymore. This is for everyone. My presence is now an open door. And he rips that curtain open and the Holy Spirit falls on all humanity. Everyone is going to have access to God. Everyone's going to have access to God's presence when they call on him. We'll get to what that looks like in the next song. But at this point, I want you to know, it is because of that moment, God's presence is an open door, open to all of us, open to anyone that calls on him. Back to what James wrote, right? When we come close to God, he comes close to us. Everyone has access to that, to God's presence. One more song tonight, brand new. And I wanted to go over it, one, because I liked it, two, because it's full of some fun biblical things we haven't talked about yet, and three, because they're doing it at the, sp the Spirit Tour, and I wanted you to be ready for that um, if you're going to the Spirit Tour. So let's start by looking at the, just the title of the song, Rest on Us. And it reflects a line in the song, in the chorus especially, that says, come rest on us, come rest on us. And it's talking to the Holy Spirit, God, come rest on us, come be here with us, the Holy Spirit. And it comes from a prophecy in Isaiah 11.2. And this prophecy is speaking, speaking, speaking specifically. That's what happens when I try to cut for time. Speaking specifically about Jesus, the coming Messiah. And it says this, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And now, even though this is a a prophecy about Jesus. I believe that when we choose to follow Jesus, this goes for us as well. Cause it's describing the Holy spirit being on Jesus's life. And we have access to that as well. So when we do that, we have the spirit resting on us. And that includes the spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and fear of the Lord. That's what we get when we have the Holy spirit resting on us. When we choose to follow Jesus, let's look at the very first words of this song. Uh, come rest on us. It says, as the spirit was moving over the waters, spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Now this is a reference, the spirit moving. And this is so fun. The, I enjoy this so much because when I hear that line, I have a Bible verse that comes to mind. And, and I want you to, to get there. I want you to have an understanding of the Bible where you start to think these things as well. So um, in Genesis 1, the very first book of the Bible, the very beginning, just Genesis 1 and 2, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Other versions say the spirit was moving over the waters, which is where they get the line for this song. The Holy Spirit is so present there. It's hovering over the waters, moving over the waters. And that's what we want in our lives. I want it to be just like the Garden of Eden. I want it to be just like before the relationship of, between God and man was messed up. That's how close I want to be to my God. Second verse is a cool reference as well. And the fire and wind come and do it again. 
Open up the gates, let heaven on in, come rest on us, come rest on us. Now in the spirit tour branding, you're gonna see two emojis, a fire emoji and a wind emoji because they are referencing um, Acts 2. So we talked about Jesus dying, the curtain is torn from top to bottom and Jesus gave his disciples some instructions and he said, go wait because the Holy Spirit will be on you. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And that's what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit is going to baptize you. So we see this happen in Acts 2, 1 through 4, in a very dramatic way. So this is what it says happened. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So right there, we see the Holy Spirit shows up and he brings with him fire and wind. That's where these lyrics are coming from. When we sing those words, we're supposed to remember Acts 2. We're supposed to remember the Holy Spirit descending for the first time on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming to be on his people with wind and fire. We also see here the spirit giving people the ability to speak in other languages. Now, if you've ever been to harvest on a Sunday, you may have heard this happen where somebody yells over the crowd in what sounds like gibberish. And then somebody will come up to the front, get the microphone and speak in English, interpret what was being said. That is a gift that originates here in Acts 2. You see it elsewhere in scripture. It's not the only place you'll see Paul talk about it. It's all over the place. But this is where that gift originates. And this, these verses, because a lot of churches don't do that kind of thing. They don't believe that happens. But we read this and we say, well, that's happening in our church. So that's why we believe that happens. Acts 2 is where it all happens. Fire and wind are from Acts 2. All of these things are signs that the Holy Spirit is resting on us. The Holy Spirit is making an appearance here. That's why this is important. To, to, when we sing this song, we're supposed to be asking the Holy Spirit to the Holy Spirit to rest on us, to be here with us. And we're going to do that in just a little bit with this song. So just a little while longer, we're going to get to that point. Now I said this every single week and I'm going to say it one more time since it's the last week of this series. This is not, this series is not just about learning biblical roots to a couple songs. This is about giving you the tools to worship to any song, to recognize biblical themes, to recognize when a song is referencing Genesis or the parting of the Red Sea or moving a mountain, like Jesus talked about a bunch, to recognize those things, to understand where a song is taking you when, when you see oohs and ahs and it's, it's directing you into an emotional moment and to engage with God through music. This is the idea. When you are engaged with the lyrics, you can engage with God. You know what you're saying. You know what you're singing. So my hope is that these tools will help you engage with God through music, in any song, and in any service. One thing is cool, um, that we are friends. <clears throat> so if like I miss something, or you have a question about a worship song in the future, you're not out of luck yet. I'm still here. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Any Apex staff would love to have that conversation with you. Um, if you have that kind of relationship with your parents, or, or they might know, they would love to have that relationship with you. So I encourage you, ask questions about this stuff ask this, this phrase in this worship song, it seems familiar or it seems like it's trying to remind me of something and I can't quite place it. I would love to have that conversation with you. Anyone in here would. So for one final time, as we close out our series, we are digging deeper behind the lyrics because your favorite worship song has more to say. Let's pray. Jesus. 
Thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your word that we can learn, that we can get closer to you through it. Father, we thank you for music and how music moves us and how we can connect with you through music. So Father, I pray that this series has helped us get closer to you, helped us have the tools to get closer to you through musical worship. So Father, I pray your blessing over our small group discussion tonight, and uh, we dedicate it all to you. We pray that our worship is never the same, that our worship has changed fundamentally because we are able to engage with you on a deeper level. That's what we're asking. Father, we ask your Holy Spirit to rest on us tonight. We love you. We thank you. It's in your precious name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.